Oh boy, oh boy, did we have a doozy last night for Thursday night football. My God, bear the F down, bear down. Bears get it done over the Panthers in a just juggernaut of offensive explosions. Psych, 16 to 13. Rowdy, we're back to Thursday night football and us wondering why the hell are we subjected to this from the NFL? Good morning, brother. What's going on? Yeah, good morning. At least next week, Thursday night football should be better. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and it was too. It was a decent matchup. Oh man, remember what was it? Was it last year or two years ago when we were like, "Wow, these matchups are." I think it was last year. These matchups are terrible on prime Thursday night football. Or was that two years ago? It doesn't really matter. I think it's been, or has it been pretty much every for year? Nearly the existence of Thursday night football. It's like, <laughs> well, since you don't get football normally on Thursdays, you know you can't bitch too much because. Um, there's football on Thursdays. Here is the crappy Panthers and the crappy Bears. Have fun. It's the Bengals and the Ravens oh, yeah. next week. That's a Thursday nice matchup night. right there. That's a really nice uh, matchup right there. It's funny. Uh, I'm looking at the stat lines here, and this is you just got to kind of laugh. Bryce Young was, what, the number was, one overall pick? He was horrible, but the offensive line was horrible, and some of the receivers were straight-up horrible. So Bryce Young, the number one pick, he was 21-38 for 185 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, sack three times, QBR of 56.8, rating of 68.4. All right, over. that's the number one pick, Bryce Young. Tyson Bagent, Bagent, excuse me, a undrafted Division II quarterback, 20 for 33, 162 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, a QBR of 47.4, a 73 rating, no sacks. Bryce Young, the overall number one overall pick, Tyson Bagent, last 10 opponents. They flashed this up on the uh, screen last night. It was hilarious. Last 10 opponents, the Panthers, the Saints, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Colorado School of Mines, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, Slippery Rock University, University of New Haven, and Indiana University of Pennsylvania again. (laughs) Rowdy, one of these things is not like the other, but the stat lines almost identical to each other on Thursday Night Football last night for Bajant versus Young. Yeah, it it was pretty brutal. (laughs) so bad. And if you're the Bears, you couldn't lose because (sighs) the Bears own both their first-round pick and the Carolina Panthers' first-round pick. So I think it was like as of yesterday, the Bears had like the – first and third pick yeah like, yeah they were looking pretty good no matter what but you kind of feel bad for Bryce Young because when you think about his career trajectory when he was at Alabama and you know he's he's the Heisman yeah he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football I don't care if he's 5'8 or if he's six foot I don't care if he's 185 pounds or if he's 210 pounds mm-hmm. but basically Look at the teams he played on in Alabama. It was almost a given that Alabama, I know when he was there, Alabama had some of their lesser defense, but you know that they had players on defense. You know that they had a solid line. You know that they had pretty good receivers and skilled positions. And you look at the Carolina Panthers. Oof! That offensive line is so beat up and so horrible. He's always running for his life. Uh-huh. Their run game, they were the ones that signed Miles Sanders, who you know had a really good year and, and, and a pretty solid career out in Philly for the Eagles. He has been non-existent, and he's been hurt. They have no skilled players. Can you name a wide receiver on the Carolina Panthers? Uh, Adam Thielen. All right, after Adam Thielen. Nope. 
Exactly. And Adam, (laughs) no offense to Adam Thielen. He had a nice career, but he's definitely on the back end of his career. And I don't know if I want to say washed up, but he's getting there compared to what Adam Thielen was. Yeah. Like you can't name pretty much anyone else at the skilled position, not name Miles Sanders, who's been a failure and Adam Thielen. Yeah. And then on the flip side, Rowdy, Tyson, at least the Bears have some players. Yeah. Then on the flip side, there's Tyson Bajant. He played for a school called Shepherd, the Shepherd Rams. You know, he, we, you know, we were he had the talking. Same, he almost had the exact same stat line as Bryce Young. You know, we were talking, though, about how bad the Bears' offensive line was the last two years. But in the last two years, they've put money towards their offensive line and they've put some draft capital. Yeah. Their offensive line compared to the Carolina Panthers looks so much better. And then you're talking about that that Carolina Panther trade where they acquired DJ Moore. Darnell Mooney is still on that team. Cole Komet had some big ca- uh, catches. They actually the Bears. I will give them this. Like they have a pretty good running back stable when you think about it. Uh, Khalil Herbert, who's been on the IR, was decent this year and, and was pretty good the last couple of years. You have Dante Foreman, who's ran the ball pretty well. Like they have a, like three solid running backs. So Tyson Bajan, I get the stat lines about the same, but when you think about who he's playing with around him to care compared to that putrid Carolina team, yeah. I just think it's funny that you look at Bryce Young of all the talent that he has and he's, you know, the most touted guy. Um, and I get it that this roster is a little lackluster, but they got a guy who's undrafted from D2 who played the Sister Mary School of the Blind five games ago. <laughs> he's hanging tough right there with him. And I'm no, not saying when I'm saying like, hanging tough, I'm not saying like they're good. It's just, it was, it was a tough watch. I'm not saying like Bryce Young is, is like, oh, this is why he's not good because he hasn't played well for the most part no. either. But he's kind of like in the love situation. It's like, do we really know exactly what we have in Bryce Young? Because the rest of the team around him has been so horrible. I don't know if I can really say that we know what he is. Yeah, I saw our favorite Ben Kenny saying that uh, it's over for Bryce Young, that he is not it. He is the worst number one overall pick since he said David Carr. I don't want to put words. <laughs> I don't want to put your words Derek in Carr, young Carr. Ben Kenny's mouth, but he was also probably bitching when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Oh, I guarantee it. When they the already Eagles, had yeah. Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> probably for Ben Kenny. Uh, what did we waste a top 60 pick on a guy that will never start? <laughs> and it turns out to be pretty good. And Carson Wentz is bye-bye. Yeah, and, and listen, the uh, the Panthers were doing a fire sale last year. Uh, you saw them moving everyone out. Uh, Bears get their win, though. So there you go. Bear down. The Chicago Bears have now tied their win total from last season. Three wins for the Chicago Bears. I do want to bring one thing up that's not really football related that was highlighted on the broadcast. Tyson Bajan's dad? No, but that's a pretty big dude. He's a 28-time arm wrestling world champion. His nickname is The Beast. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) What I was going to bring up was um, the, The Beast. One of the finalist for sexiest man alive jason kelsey yeah i saw that what (laughs) like they were listing off like some of the guys and i know in the past what is it people magazine or whatever yeah i know in the past just off the top of my head that there was like brad pitt george clooney like some of these you know older good looking movie stars that all the girls fawn over you think anyone's really fawning over jason kelsey young old Jason Kelsey looks like to me like he's a ballerina that's trying to be a lumberjack, if that makes sense. Like he's it's 
I don't know how to describe him. It's like a very a, a man that likes to prance around. He's like a little girly kind of, but tries to cosplay as a lumberjack. Does Jason, that make sense? Jason Kelsey, obviously, he's got the little salt and pepper starting in yeah, his beard. Yeah. He's what, 6'2 or 3, probably like three, boy. Yeah, 300 plus pounds. He's he's not fat, but he's just a thick, yeah, he's thick. thick, burly dude. Yeah. He's not the biggest offensive lineman, but I mean, if he walked by you on the street, he'd probably be the biggest guy you've seen all day. Yeah. He looks like a guy that works at you the round of a you know the the casual factory that you go and live yeah. near and and just hangs out at the bar wearing his flat like he looks like a very average blue collar type worker it's, it's, you know I guess that's attainable for people that look like Brad Pitt I, I, yeah, I get it but it's <laughs> like for, David Beckham was one you for know sexiest and, man alive yeah like, I, mean, I could I could look at forty. 65-year-old Tom Brady, and he's probably better looking than <laughs> Kelsey. Hey, uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over anything. I know you aren't either. At least there's this, Rowdy. At least he's a man. What are what are you thinking? At least if it's a man that was sexiest man alive. What if you're thinking, uh, if you're Travis Kelsey, who's like, like, dude, I'm the younger brother. I'm dating the big pop star, Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm clearly better looking than my brother. Why am I not a sexiest man alive? I don't know. Uh, when I saw it too, I had to do a double take. I'm like, yeah, good for him, I guess. Uh, it gets a little better for the blue collar man out there. But yeah, you'd think of the Kelsey's, it would be Travis Kelsey winning it. Uh, honestly, and if you're thinking about this too, this way, if you're Jason Kelsey and you can be on, you know, a finalist for sexiest man alive, there's hope for everybody. Yeah. I mean, listen, look at, look at Donna. Kelsey, <laughs> that that birth the sexiest man alive. It did, Rowdy. It did. We Anybody's got a shot, according to People's Magazine. It did. <laughs> Anybody's got a shot. Well, I'll say this: on the women's side of things, it's over for the it's over for the ladies, Rowdy. Uh, the moment that Bruce Jenner, then Caitlyn Jenner, won Woman of the Year when he hasn't even been a woman for the entire year that year yet. The woman that Caitlyn, the moment that Caitlyn Jenner won Woman of the Year, it was over for the ladies. It it's it wasn't happening for you anymore. It's over for you. At least for the sexiest man alive, we have a man that won it. At, le- at least we have that's that, Rowdy. The, that's the Brett Favre class. <laughs> and then it's just, and You kind of yeah. just rub your palms together. The moment that Bruce then Caitlin, who hadn't even been a woman for a whole year, won woman of the year, it was over for the ladies. It was, it's over for you. But at least for the men, sexiest man alive is still a man. All right. So, <laughs> all right, so we got Packers. Um, on Sunday and uh, ain't going to be pretty. It's going to be a very, it's, the Packers versus Steelers Rowdy. Is it, will it win sexiest anything? Of no. the year? If you like Iowa football, you'll like the Packers Steelers matchup. <laughs> Who likes the Iowa? Does, does, do Iowa fans even like Iowa football? I guess they win. It's just not, oof, it's just not pretty. Uh, so then we got the Badgers of tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, I should say, as they take on Northwestern. By the way, we'll be at the red zone for the Zone Blitz pregame bash. Come on down, 1230 to 230, there's that. And then tonight, another huge matchup. We have Badger basketball. This is nut-cutting time right here. A number nine, Tennessee at the Kohl Center. That's going to be a doozy. Um, and But it's on Peacock. God, I just remembered that. Damn, bless it. All right, so we got that. And then Rowdy, last night, Giannis Dendekumbo makes history. Giannis Dendekumbo... One shy of his career high in points 
The Greek Freak scores 54 points last night, snags 12 rebounds. Here's the thing. Giannis Adenakumbo is the first player in NBA history to lose a game with 50 or more points and shooting 75% from the field and have 10 rebounds or more in a game. The Greek Freak, despite the performance, the Bucks lose. And you're like left scratching your head. Giannis makes history in a way you don't want to make history. Uh, Bucks back at it tomorrow night. Um, that's wild too, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Rowdy, we still got to do. Well, there's one Bruce thing drama. left for the Bucks to do. Win with the game a, with a game like that where Giannis balls out. It's fire Adrian Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> he got tossed out of the game, by the way. He got thrown out of the game. So Giannis, Giannis gets tossed two games ago, right? Adrian Griffin is yelling at the refs for uh, Giannis getting like hacky Giannis, and then he got tossed from the game late last night. So you have. <laughs> Everyone's getting tossed from the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, man. Oh, craziest. Uh, well, score predictor. I'm thinking, um, should we do Packers or should we do Badgers? Both games are going to be just, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty on Saturday either, though. I, I don't. It might be a little sexier than Sunday. I don't think that game's going to be know. sexy either against Northwestern. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I just, hindsight's always 20-20, but you look at this Wisconsin team and the injuries that they had and the changes that they're going through. How have they been favored by like 10 points, like the last few games. And now they continue to be favored by 10 points against Northwestern. Is it it 10? (laughs) Last I looked, it was around 10. Oh God. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, what? It was around 10 points for Indiana. How well did that go? Terrible. Did you ever feel like Wisconsin was going to win? No, not really. The whole game was terrible. It feels like, the last few games, they've always been favored by nine to ten points, and none of those games they felt nine to ten points better than anyone. I don't. Know. When's the last time you felt like Wisconsin was nine to ten points better than their opponent? Never. <laughs> Probably uh, September. Yeah. When what, they were playing like the Buffaloes. What's the, what are the Packers favored by, or uh, the Steelers favored by? Three and three, three and a half. And the Badgers are favorite around 10. Yeah, I think it was when I looked, it was like nine and a half. I can pull it up. I don't know when the last time is that the Packers won in Pittsburgh. It's been a long time, I do believe. And I don't know if it's going to change on Sunday. Oof, so. like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pulling up the Badgers schedule. And who would you have felt comfortable laying 10 points with the Badgers against? Buffalo? Yes. Georgia Southern? Yes. Purdue? Yes. At, at the time? Yeah, at the yeah. time. Yeah. What were that, was that, nine and a half against Purdue? Mm, I can click on it. We can find out. I don't remember off the top of my head. No, I know it was around 10, but yeah. It but, but yes. was. How the hell do they not have it on here? They, they wiped it from the annals of... The internet history, Rowdy. Uh, TBD. They cleared their cookies. But anyways, I mean, history. so Buffalo, a back school. Georgia Southern, a, a Sunbelt school. <laughs> Purdue, one of the worst Big Ten teams. Rutgers, what do you think about Rutgers? Uh, I mean, they won by 11, but did would you really feel comfortable laying no. 10 points with them? No. Iowa? No. Illinois? Uh, yes, at, at the time, I guess. Ohio State? No. Indiana, yes. So you're saying, like, w- at most, just thinking about you it, you would feel comfortable maybe laying ten points against four teams this year. Now, in re- retrospect, what you've seen, 
how many of these games would you feel like you could lay 10? Well, maybe Buffalo uh, still. Buffalo. Maybe Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. Could you? Maybe s- Purdue. What about Indiana? I know they lost, but like at the time, you're like, the Badgers hadn't lost there since 2002. Indiana's on a six game conference losing streak. I guess they played. I think if they re- I, I think if it. they replayed every single one of these games, I'd say that maybe I'd feel comfortable laying ten and maybe maybe three of them, and that's Buffalo, Two, Georgia Southern, and Purdue. And now think of this: it's uncomfortable with Northwestern coming into Camp. It's not like it's at Ryan Field. This is at this is at Camp Randall, <laughs> and we're like, I don't know, the ten. And we're know. we're talking this way about Wisconsin. They can still win the Big Ten West and play in the Big Ten championship game. And for everyone that's going to scoff at that, no. And it's actually pretty realistic if they win out. Rowdy, not all, they, that <laughs> could happen, but they also could not even qualify for a bowl game. Yeah. They, they you could, also could lose out. They could win out. As much as you could win out, you could also lose out. They could win out and go to the Big Ten West championship game as the, the representative of the Big Ten West. They could lose out and not even go to a bowl. Yeah, they're not bowl eligible right now. Uh, they could eat, they could lose out. Who do you think NCAA would take for a bowl game? Because I believe last year there was two or three, five and seven teams that qualified for bowls because not enough teams qualified to fill the bowl games at six and six. Now the standard is having a a program that's willing to pay for it if need be, and you also have to have a following, mm-hmm. eyes on the TV, eyes going to the venue or I guess the the city, the yeah. area. Do you think if Wisconsin finishes five and seven, that they would be t- taken or chosen over a five and seven Colorado? It would be Colorado. Lynn a landslide. Colorado would I know win Wisconsin every travels time. well, but look at all the game days and yeah. all the hype. If you if ten out of ten times you had both those teams sitting there in Colorado and Wisconsin, ten out of ten, it would be Colorado ten out of ten times. So we Dave Essler and I, we There's were no way they pick Wisconsin over Colorado. Winners take yesterday, and we were talking about uh, you know some of these teams. Colorado, if you're betting Colorado these days, clearly they've fallen on hard times. Normally, if a team like that loses in a way that Colorado has, there's not a ton of value on them. Uh-huh. You're probably going to actually want to start betting them because there there is value because they've been so bad. They're still, according to some of the the big wise guys and experts, there's still a tax to bet Colorado because so many people are still betting Colorado yet. They've sucked. Have they won recently? When's like, when's the last time? No, they're one since they got into pac 12 play. They're one in five. Yeah. Like they started the, uh, the losing when they took on Oregon, right? Then USC. And then well, look at, look at who they played, dude. They, they beat up a Stanford beat them in like crazy overtime. Yeah. They beat a, TCU team that is clearly nowhere near the ranking that they started the season with. I think TCU is maybe a fringe bowl team right now. I think they have four or five wins, so they might not even make a bowl, but it was, you know, a ranked TCU team that was Nebraska. Yeah. Playing in a national title game last year, even though it lost a lot of its good players, they need, they beat Nebraska when Nebraska was still playing Jeff Sims at quarterback. Since they've moved on from Jeff Sims, they've looked like such a much better team because, I don't know, the quarterback can throw it a little bit. (laughs) So, I mean, that win, I think if uh, Sims isn't the quarterback in that game, I don't know if Colorado wins. That was a game where he fumbled it like four times. 
And that was like a neck and neck game back and forth. Yeah. I think with a, I know the, the score was like, I think it was 36 to 14 without Sims fumbling the football and looking as horrid as he did. I think Nebraska probably wins that game with a okay quarterback. So that's another, you know, ding to him. They had to beat Colorado state in overtime. (laughs) Colorado state's not even good in the, in the mountain West. No. Yeah. This team. No, that's why all the hype early. I was like, man, I can't wait to bet against them. Can't but wait to bet against them. When this conversation them. started about Colorado, they would choose Colorado a million times over Wisconsin for a bowl yeah, game. Yeah, and I think they they might too. And you know what? That's crazy because Wisconsin actually, for a you know, Power 5, Big Ten school, travels really well to bowl games. Because a lot of people in Wisconsin want to get the hell out in winter and go enjoy a you know a sunny bowl game with nice weather. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think they still take Colorado because they're still in Every darling. time. Every time. 10 out of 10 times they're taking Colorado. All right, uh, Ghana 60 coming up against Colorado National Headlines. Good conversation for college football. We'll get back to it. We're allowed to get to today. Line one, good morning. Thanks for waiting on hold. Terry from the north side. Terry, the king of the north. Uh, you had a couple days to sleep on it, Terry. You liking your your your, boy, your new manager, Craig Council, there in Chicago? Well, well, first, no, I do not. But first of all, before I comment on that, <laughs> let me, um, and, and everything you guys are talking about, don't mention Colorado. Mention Deion Sanders. Prime. Deion Sanders is the biggest selling point Colorado has. And people would come to watch a bowl game. I don't think you need to say that, Terry. I think that's just a given. That's a given. Deion Sanders. And what? Give Sanders a couple of years. Like, you guys laughed at me when I told, we originally talked about the Wisconsin's coaching changes. I think Sanders is going to be very successful. And it's going to be a matter of time before he gets a job in Florida or California. I, I hope it all works out wherever Prime goes. He's going to be able to recruit. I hope it works out for him. Right now it's not working out the greatest, but I hope it works out for well, him. Well, he doesn't have his people yet. He, he's at, listen, Didn't he, he bring in like, like in and said, 80% of his roster is his people? He came in and said, look, you guys suck. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. You know, he he's brought in like team. all his own people. The only thing he's missing was an offensive line, I think. Well, and that's what a lot of people are missing. As far as getting back to baseball, I'm happy, happy you know, you guys should have kept counsel. But, Ebo, the reason I'm calling is... I believe council having. Choice. Well, trust me, Terry. We wanted council. We wanted council. I know it's before Thanksgiving. I think it's the Harry Carries. Uh, they're having a welcome to Chicago days for Craig Council. I wonder if you want to go with me. You want to drive to Chicago? You want to go down there? You driving? Or are you getting a limo? I'll drive. I'll drive. I'll, I'll, I won't buy a limo, but I'll bring a Camaro. Um, all right. I'll, I'll be the passenger princess, Terry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to ask council this. You're being a Cub fan. I'm going to dress up all my Chicago gear. You know how I do, yep. people. I'll bring on my Air Jordans, the whole complete. bring on my chain. Like super fly. My, my TNT. question is going to be this. The Milwaukee Brewers probably had as great a pitching staff as the Atlanta Braves did during the, with, with Glavin, with Smoltz, with blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Only they never had a reliever. Yeah. Milwaukee had Hater. Atlanta Braves could never win a World Series, but one with, with the greatest pitching staff and maybe – in a long time in baseball. The Milwaukee Brewers had the best pitching staff in a long time in baseball, with the best reliever in baseball, and could not win in the playoffs. And I want to ask him why. Yeah, that's a, Terry, that's why a great question. Why could not win? That's a great question, why Terry. Why could not win with the greatest pitching? Listen, the Brewers have – I don't agree with Dave Mann on it very much, <laughs> but on this topic I do. The, Cub, uh, the, the Brewers had, and still do, the best pitching staff in, in baseball – and you can't win. Yeah. I don't care what you do during the regular season and how many times. And so much talent, and you lost it. You did. You had the best. Uh, Terry, I don't. I'm not disagree. I don't disagree with you. I don't know. The, I yes, you're right. So my question to you.
you is evil, and Nelson, you're an expert. I thought this was a couple. Why couldn't the Brewers win? Why did he choke? Because they the couldn't playoffs? hit. They didn't like, hit the ball. Like Terry, but like the Atlanta Braves, they didn't like hit the, the ball. Atlanta Braves, they choked too. They didn't hit. Terry, you should cite 2021, where when you talk about the pitching for the Brewers, you had Corbin Burns win a Cy Young. You had Brandon Woodruff in the top five of Cy Young voting, if I remember correctly. And Freddie Peralta was in the top 10, all three of which had career years the same year. And then you had Josh Hader, who was still one of the best closers in baseball. Ask him why he pulled all his pitching early in a Atlanta Brave series. Terry. Your new manager at Craig Council. Terry, 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 your new manager at Craig Council, your boy Craig Council, when when it mattered most to get a hit, he pinched hit Jesse Winker, not once, but twice. The first pinch hitter in the playoffs uh this go around. Jesse Winker, who stinks and was hurt all season. Craig Council said, We need a big hit here. Winker, you're up. He struck out in three pitches. Yeah, I, I sit here and listen to your callers. I listen to other sports. And that was Craig crying. Council's Council, last genius Council move. Us. Jesse Winker. You, you guys, not take him back. Craig, no. I'll take him back. I don't want him. He's dead to us now, Terry. I don't Terry. want him back. I don't, you, I don't want him. You can have him. I said that as soon as I heard that. I announced, <laughs> I go, you're paying $40 million for who? Rowdy, would you take Craig Council I, back right I now? I know why the Cubs signed. I do know why the Cubs signed him, though. I do. When they bring in Okani, Okani, they want him to manage him. They are. They're going to give him the biggest contract in baseball history. It's coming. It's just a I Craig don't Housel know when. Craig Housel can pull, pull him early from pitching and pinch hit him with some stinker when he's batting. How about that, Terry? Yeah, when he's up, yeah, well, when he's up he'll, they'll bring, he'll bring up some guy that's got a yeah, he'll be signed Jesse Winker to the Cubs. Terry, I get that this was kind of the last year of the, the Brewers' window to win, but it just felt like all season until the very end that it just – they couldn't get on the same page. They didn't really get on the same track or they couldn't get it going and, and fully oiled up the machine until that last month. Well, I'm sitting here and if, if Mark and I know it came out, what was it? September Craig council said this, but it feels like if he wouldn't sign the contract for a full year and even before September where he was telling Mark Ananasio, he was leaning towards not even managing next year. My thoughts are this, going into last year, why didn't they ever think about trading Craig Counselor? Why didn't they ever think about yeah. trading David Stearns, yeah. knowing that these guys were leaving and that clearly they're coveted in the Major League Baseball circles? They probably could have got some, only, something and something. There's only one reason right why, Nelson. Nelson, one, one reason why. They're not that smart. <laughs> and second of all, you got an owner right now that's looking for the taxpayers to build them another stadium. Yeah, don't get us started on him. No, that's what's happening. In Wisconsin, this is what's happening. I know. The, your owner is going to be bidding himself. Hopefully, your owner wants another Republican governor, so he'll give you all kinds of free taxpayer money to build another stadium. I understand the Brewers just bought some land not too far outside of Miller Park. Yeah, two, where, two million dollars worth of it. It's two acres, yeah. two million dollars. So, no, you know, he's planning on building another said. stadium already. So, Ebo, how much money are you willing to pay in taxes? To None. Build I hate stadium? paying taxes, Terry. I don't want to pay any taxes. So then, yeah, this is my point. Let him go. I, I don't you have any say. I don't have any say over go. it. I don't have any say. I, I can't do anything about it. I just bitch about it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can by not supporting him. That's why I don't support him. Well, yeah, you're a Cubs fan. Well, I'm a Cubs fan <laughs> for a couple reasons. Why? <laughs> I'm supporting. Look, and my team and your team is better. That's why I don't support him. Yeah, you're a Cubs fan. 
I have to listen to your arguments every day how a, a small market team like Milwaukee can kick the Cubs' ass every year. I listen every day because the Cubs' management and owners are stupid, but they know how to make money. The Brewers don't know how to make money, well, or they do, but that. they want the taxpayers to pay for it. It's like every it's like every, See, that's every the difference between owner. The I don't know about if the if the Cubs really know how to make money. I mean, they're in one of the biggest markets in the country. It's it's almost but like they have two teams, Nelson. They have two teams. Yeah, the White Sox don't count. <laughs> they do count because they no, have they a revenue don't. they also no, bring what? in. The Cubs are Chicago's Dude, team. The Cubs are a worldwide brand. Yeah. Yeah, the White Sox That's are the right. ugly, well, we stinky. The two greatest, the two greatest franchises in the world are the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Cubs. As far as fans go, as far as fans and people who are loving their team, it's the Chicago Cubs and the Green Bay Packers. What do you think of L.A., Terry? What do you think of for baseball? When I think of L.A. and I think of baseball is how goddamn hard it is to drive to Chavez Levine to get your ass <laughs> so up the that Dodgers. damn hill to park. That's what I think of L.A. So what do you think of it the New you, York It takes you an hour to drive from Anaheim to L.A., which should take you about 10 minutes. What do you think of New York baseball? I think the Yankees rule. I think the Mets let them rule, but the Mets also don't live off taxpayer money. Yeah, it's the Dodgers, it's the Yankees, and it's the Cubs. Those are your and three biggest have won. cities. And none of them have won. What are we, I don't even know what we're arguing about anymore. <laughs> what are we arguing about right now? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't, I, well, lost, I lost track of what we're arguing about. I'm tired, I'm tired of hearing about this. Oh, Milwaukee can't afford it. Milwaukee can't do this. Milwaukee, go out and do what the Packers did to an extent. If you want to sell uh, a piece of paper for 200 bucks, saying you're an owner. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. If people want to, yeah, I, that sounds cool to me. Yeah, if you want to go whatever and do it. See, the Brewers don't want to do that. You know why? Because they want the taxpayers to pay for it, so they intentionally keep their revenue down. They do it it's intentionally. Not, yes, every, you it's every, it's every can't professional team. To be a major league team. What? What? You can't. Professional team. You can't. And you guys should have won. Maybe I won't say one, um, but you should have been in two or three World Series in the last five years with all the talent you've had. And you lost they, it because I don't why? About it Craig Council. Yeah, he's yours now. You Have him. He's yours. I hope you pitch yeah, this Jesse Winker yeah, you know in the playoffs say, for you. And Evo, you know what I'm going to say to him? When you and I go to that meeting and that little party after I ask my questions, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, buddy. Love you. Go come. See you soon. See you, Evo, I'll give you a call earlier, okay? I'll, you got I'll it. I'll come pick you up, brother. Sounds good. See you, buddy. I think I read that the Packers offense was either one point better or one point worse at this point in the season than they were last year, believe it or not. It was, it was almost the exact same amount of points this way through so far through the season, last year, this year. That seems a little not correct. It, I, I know. I'm not doubting you. I, saw, I think it was Peter, just, I think it was it Peter just, Bukowski tweet I saw. Well. And I was like, I wonder if that's right. But last year, you felt like they had a chance to score at any moment. This never really came to fruition. Yeah. Now, you well, feel like they're never going to score. Their red zone offense last year was brutally bad. I, I, and I heard last year, like, you get rid of some of these old aging veterans, you get the Matt LaFleur system implemented because Rodgers changed too many plays. We're going to see, finally, Matt LaFleur's offense humming. Well, it's more of a, it's not an indictment on the players so much as it is a Matt LaFleur. Like, it, it if, these, if these last two years, it's, it's the same type of, you know, scoring offense, then that's a bad look on Matt LaFleur. Like, that's not good. I know Rodgers was injured, yada, yada, yada. But still, like, last season, you felt like they had the opportunity to score. Like, when, if, like they could do it. Now you watch them, you're like, these guys can't even get the ball past half field. When I think <laughs> of the 2022-2023 Green Bay Packers red zone office, there's only one 
like game in particular that I think of. And it was that Detroit game where they got inside the five like three times and figured out a way to score no points. Yeah. <laughs> where Rodgers threw the pick to, was it uh, Aiden Hutchinson? Yep. And where it was right to him, where they were trying to throw it to David Bakhtiari. <laughs> and then there was another oh, pick. I remember where, that. Wasn't there another pick where it went off of a helmet? And then yes. got knocked in the air and intercepted. And then I think they, instead of kicking a field goal because they were down, then they went for it inside the five and got stuffed. It was like, boys, I want to actually, I'm going to quote a, I'm going to quote a Kurt Benkert tweet oh, from Kurt. last night watching the Panthers and the Bears when it comes to some of these NFL coaches that you would perceive to have a lot of football knowledge. That's how they got there. Mm-hmm. They do some real dumbassery. And his quote was, some of these NFL coaches need to start playing Madden. Yes. Like, that's how that's how Mike McDaniel got so good playing some Madden when he was a kid. It's point six six more this year than last year. Oh, thank you, research department 17, and RJ. 1711 last year. 1777 this year. Not good luck, Matt LaFleur. The Packers have the same amount of points. Average the same amount of points at this point in the season this year as they did last year. Who's that an indictment on? LaFleur? The scheme? The system? I mean, Kurt Benkert earlier, a couple weeks ago, said it's outdated for Matt LaFleur. Is that looking at Matt LaFleur like, dude, your system needs a rework, a revamp? The same amount of points. Seven, well, it's you, 17 points something. I think you could also say if you were Matt LaFleur, like the, the comeback to that would be like, I also need some competent players. Like, do you think, like, I'll give you, could the, could the scheme be a little outdated? Sure. But does that make him the worst offensive coordinator in the league? I doubt it. <laughs> if you would give him, say Justin Jefferson was a draft pick by the Packers and he was healthy and playing and say they ended up taking TJ Watts. I know everyone in Wisconsin loves that one. Oh. Say they had those two players from, you know, past drafts. How much better does that make this team or how much better does the offense look? If you had Jefferson Watson Dobbs, Aaron Jones, and then your defense was Rashawn Gary and TJ Watt coming off the edges. It'd be pretty nice. I mean, we won't be talking about his offense. But what we oh, Aaron Jones, the star, obviously, is Romeo Dobbs the next star? Does he feel like a star to you? Possibly in the making, but no. I don't think so. I feel like when you look at Romeo Dobbs, he's solid everywhere. He can basically run any route on a route tree, but he's not great at anything. They never like get him the like when you think of great superstar wide receivers. When you think of Justin Jefferson. He can do anything, right? Yeah. And he can make a huge play out of nothing. Like, remember that Bills game last year where the Vikings came back and won, where he made that insane, like, spinning one-handed catch while he was going down? Yeah. Like, those are things that Justin Jefferson does. Those are things that Julio Jones in his prime did or Randy. Mo- like, you can go right on down the list. Romeo Dobbs is not in the Devontae Adams company. Like, he might end up being good. Like, he's clearly a good player. And by year four or five, he might be a really solid wide receiver. Like he's might be your one, but does he truly feel like a superstar one? No, he doesn't. He was a fourth, fifth round pick projection for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now he's come in and he's played better than that, 
and that's hats off to him. He like he's a good player. Yeah. But I don't see him having the ability to be a big number one Justin Jefferson. He's a really nice number two is by year four. Anyone five. on the Packers that looks like they could be a legit number one in the future? No. Like, Christian Watson can't even stay in the field. Like with what Watson has shown us, doesn't he look like his ceiling would be that type of player? But he really hasn't he hasn't realized that so far in, in two seasons. I mean, when he makes one good catch after like 30 disappointing plays, then he hurts himself. But imagine if you had a healthy receiving core and you had a superstar wide receiver in Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson, you had Dobbs and you had Watson, and say at this point Dobbs and Watson are in year four and Jefferson's in year, we'll just say, I don't know exactly how many years he's been in the NFL, but we'll just say for fun, like six or seven. Yeah. That would be a pretty good receiving core, right? Like, like Dobbs would be your solid two. Clearly Jefferson's the stud and Watson's the guy that can stretch the field and make plays. And if you're going to really double up on, on Jefferson, he's going to get open, but they don't have that. No. And he, they, the other two, especially Watson hasn't been consistent enough to be a number one. He's been consistently hurt. Like what did we think he would be as a rookie? Cause we knew he was raw. We knew he was athletic he was a guy that would just run the go route and take the top off the defense to open stuff up underneath. Yeah, yeah we well, said Dobbs would be the guy that started hot right away and Watson would come on late. Has he really evolved by, by anything more than a guy that runs deep and tries to open stuff up underneath? No. I don't think so. No, no. Here's a five-star man right here, Dave Essler, our gambler of the stars. Good morning, David. Well, good morning, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Dave? Dave? Yeah? Man, we got some trying times here in Wisconsin with our uh, some of our teams, our Packers, Badgers, and I don't know if you heard or not, Craig Council is now the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Oh, buddy. I did hear that. I mean, I don't know, maybe... You know, maybe they spent some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, how about we make some money? Uh, you are a gambler to the stars, pregame.com, Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. And the winners take a new podcast out, a lot of free plays. Dave, let's just go right to the uh, college ranks. What do you think, because I'm going to ask you, of this Badgers Wildcats Northwestern Wisconsin game? Um, I probably won't see any of it. I, I apologize in advance. I think that's probably for the um, best. You don't have to put yourself through that. We get yeah. it. Uh, well, you guys do. I know. But, you know, some people, some people, some people live with false hope. Um, I would, I would, I would. Uh, you know, I'll take the Northwestern team total under, and that's that's as far as I'd go on that game. <laughs> well, take us take us farther in some plays that you like in NCAA football, some college sports here. You know, that's a good question. Thank you. I think prepping that uh, you're welcome. That's why you make the big bucks. I, I get it. Correct. Um, I, you know, Rowdy and I disagreed on this one, so I might as well put this one out there right now. Washington, Utah. He likes Utah. I like Washington. I mean, Washington is uh, still got their eyes on a bigger picture here. Uh, and and uh, Utah, yeah, they got a good defense, but... You know, they, they beat a bad Baylor team. They lost it. They just don't play well on the road. Um, anytime they face a good defense, they've come up short. Um, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I think, I think if, uh, they get the chance, they'll pad the stats for Penix for the Heisman. 
Um, I just think, I think this is where the missing Cam Rising rubber hits the road for Utah. I like I like Washington. Okay, all right, Rowdy. And well, how come you went the other way? Go Utes. It's a good defense. It's going to be a you know a bad spot for Washington. They're coming off an emotional win against USC at home. They knock USC out. Last time they came off of a big emotional win, had a bit of a letdown against a lesser team than Utah. Utah had they don't have a good offense, but they've been able to put up points on lesser defenses. Washington's defense is seen as lesser. Go Utes. I wish I could get a ten. There's the varying opinions, Dave. What else you got? And uh, one, one more little nugget. Out of college football, what do you say? Um, LSU will cream Florida. Um, mm. I mean, the Gators. The Gators have a really good chance at finishing three and nine. Um, and and if they lose this game, they probably will. Um, Five. You know, LSU. I mean, it's it's kind of Brian Kelly all over again in Notre Dame. I mean, they they come up short in the games that they're they're they have they they have false hope. And uh, then they beat the team badly that they should to pad their stats. And, and uh, I think LSU's – I like their team total over. It'll be somewhere around 37, 38. But, I mean, they'll hang 40 on Florida. Florida's just horrible. Um, and I would – I actually like that a lot. Um, it, it, people are people are still giving Florida credit for 2006 or whatever it was. <laughs> not, not, Dave, you disagree. You disagree with the Utah Washington. I'm going to disagree with the Florida. I gave out this morning Florida in the first quarter plus six and a half, but I'll also lay whatever you want to bet that Florida wins more than three games. Hmm. I hear you got a bunch of money stashed away. This could be interesting. We've got to talk about this off air. You going to bet it all routes? Well, Dave, the reason I said that's because Florida's got five wins. I'm talking about in the SEC. Oh, oh, oh okay. No bet. No bet. You should have consummated that bet. one, Dave. They yeah. do play three ranked teams to end it. Rowdy thought he had one up you there, Dave. He thought he was going to be slick. Get ya. Yeah, I mean, you know, people that people that act like that and, <laughs> and try, to, try, to, try to take advantage of other people, they um, they usually don't end well. <laughs> Well, Dave, let's talk NFL then. Uh, how's it gonna? Is it gonna end well for the Packers against the Steelers? This is like a, uh, a an opposite beauty pageant. It's like everyone entered in like, how ugly can you be, pageant? And um, ah, what's the this game is gonna be tough to watch? It's like Badgers Northwestern. What do you think of Steelers Packers? Um, I don't know. I, I I kind of agree with one of your previous callers that said twenty four to thirteen or twenty four to ten. Um, I don't. I don't see the Packers putting up a lot of points. The Steelers' defense is is good. Uh, they've been good. They they Steelers' defense wins more games than the Steelers' offense does. Mm. Um, so, you know, I I don't know if if uh, Kenny Pickett looks all world against the Packers' defense, but I, I I definitely think the Steelers probably win that game by more than whatever they're favored by. Just I don't. I don't I don't think you put any. Yeah. You don't have to put any thought into this, or you know, crunch any numbers. Packers first quarter uh, over under for their team total two and a half. Would you take the over or the under? I'll take the over. Oh, oh, okay, oh, okay. All right. Well, because you, you know what'll happen. Here's how it's going to go down. Um, Pickett will turn the ball over deep in his own end, <laughs> and the Packers will go. Three players, two yards, and kick a field goal. 
Yeah, that's probably what will happen. Yeah, we'll probably. Dave, what else you got in the NFL? Um, you know, I got an ugly one, but I really like it. Um, the Arizona Cardinals over the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I watched that Falcons game. I watch them all, but I watched the Falcons game live last week. Don't ask me why. But <laughs> uh, your, your, your wife must have been mad at you. you. Had to get away. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Hanke is he's horrible. I mean. <laughs> He he threw back to back picks on on successive plays, and they were directly between the numbers to the Minnesota defensive backs. And there was no Falcon wide receiver even in the picture. Um, you know, I, I, and then they let Josh Dobbs, who wanted to have the playbook for three days, uh, go ahead and drive down for the winning score. They even had a fourth and seven. They couldn't stop. I mean, they can't be favored. I mean, even if Kyler Murray wasn't going to play, I'd probably. I mean, the Cardinals. Um, Actually, averaged twenty-five points per game at home, and the Falcons only averaged thirteen on the road. I mean, I think you know there's value in crappy teams at some point, and I think this is the point. And uh, by the way, new winners takeout with Dave and Rowdy. You can go uh, consume that. They got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, you dabbling in? Um, what about huh? What about your Badgers? I, w- I was just going to ask. Uh, are you dabbling in a little NCAA basketball, Dave? Badgers, yeah, I've Tennessee. I've actually started off pretty well. I I haven't made large bets. I wish I had uh, because they're, they're they're going too well. I mean, I I kind of like Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, if, yes. If they can make their free throws tonight, I mean, they I think they were twenty one of thirty against Arkansas State, and that probably won't get it done against Tennessee. Mm-mm. But you know, here's the thing. History tends to repeat itself. I mean, I think we could all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. And last year, last year, Tennessee came out and opened up and they beat the tar out of Tennessee Tech by 30-something. And then they played the next game at home, semi-home actually, against Colorado and lost. So there is a precedent for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Badgers will get this done. The Badgers are, the mm. Badgers are bigger. Um, they defended the three pretty well. I mean, Tennessee's a three-point shooting team. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't love three-point shooting teams on the road, especially in, in strange arenas. So, I will, I will, uh, I'll give, I'll give a check mark to the Badgers in, in basketball. I believe. Dave, does any of this with some of the Badger love maybe have to do with their? early season success last year against ranked teams. And then it's basically the same team back and then additional players that feel like they're going to be big time positives for this team, because that was, that was their one thing about holding on to that potential NCAA tournament bid last year was all their good early season, either wins or games like the Kansases of the world last year. Um, yeah, I think, but I think what, um, happens is you get these teams that like Wisconsin plays a very unique style and it's not pretty usually, at least for those of us that don't really care. It's beautiful. And Dave. I know, but then you get, they, they get teams that they play against teams that don't usually see that. And then they get into conference play where, where obviously they, they know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they don't play Dayton every year. They don't play USC every year. They don't play Marquette. Well, maybe they play Marquette every year. Yeah, uh, they, don't play Mar- they, don't, they don't play Maryland every year. And, you know, and most of those games were close games. That's why I think they, they have a leg up tonight because they know how to win close games at home. 
Dave? So, I'll, uh, you know, I won't throw I won't throw Madison totally under the bus. Well, we thank you for that. I, I'm so happy I could give you a big old smooch right now with that Badgers love, Dave. Ah, and it is a beautiful brand of basketball. Mm, God, is that that modified swing offense is just what that Greg Guard? Oh, team small here. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> Dave. Yeah. What you got going on this weekend, brother? Besides sports? Probably not a lot. Um, <laughs> I have to go. I have to, I have to go get an MRI tomorrow. But fortunately, it's before football starts. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, because it was after football, your brain would be looking all mush with all the stuff going on. You know, it's, it's positive. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Actually, it is right now. We got you know college and, and NBA basketball and football and football and hockey and you know where do you stop? Well, Dave, just don't move in that machine, okay? Hey, and we're lucky with good weather here. We might get another two weeks worth of some colder golf weather. Yeah. No, we don't play golf if it gets less than about 63. You wussy. Dave? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, actually, I, I, I own that one, brother. Dave, good luck with that MRI. Hope all is good. Hope all is well. We love you. Winners take new one out. Dave underscore Esler on Twitter. Pregame.com. You demand, David. Hey, you guys have a good weekend, and... uh Go Badgers basketball. Yeah. Make you look good. Hell yeah! So I was looking at CBS Sports and doing like their midseason grades um, for the NFL. They gave the Packers, who sit with a record of three and five, a grade of a C minus. Uh, here's a little blurb on them. There may have been uh, unrealistic expectations of the Packers this season, especially uh, regarding Jordan Love and his development. Losing Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins early in the year didn't help matters, which have affected the entire offense. The defense has actually held its own, but isn't elite enough to carry an inconsistent offense each week. Packers haven't scored over 20 points since week three, even though the defense has only given up over 20 points twice in that span. This season comes down to love improving as a passer, specifically on the deep ball. Green Bay isn't out of the playoff race, but needs to stack up consecutive wins to get back in contention. C minus the grade. I think that's a little. I think that last sentence in that little blurb. Green Bay isn't out of the playoff race. Are they in it? We watch the Packers every game. Obviously, I they they look like a team. That's the bottom feeder team. They don't look like <laughs> like I completely understand that when you're looking at the NFL and specifically the NFC. I think you can, for a matter of fact, say that the Eagles are a playoff team. The Cowboys are a playoff team. The Lions are a playoff team. The 49ers are a playoff team. And probably the Seahawks are a playoff team. That's five. Now what? They have, they let seven teams in these days? Mm. I think there's five that are probably already in there as, as probably locks. So you're telling me there's two spots open. Giants, yeah, they're worse than the Packers. Commanders, I don't know. Vikings, I I know that Kirk Cousins went down, but still, it, losing Kirk Cousins makes me feel like the Vikings are on the Packers level. They Dobbs balled out, only known like two players' names. Bears are worse. Got to win last night. Rams are clearly worse. Even with Kyler Murray back, yeah, that's a huge bump for Arizona, but that's yeah, still not a playoff. They're, they're one, one and eight. eight. But then you look at the South, and it's like somebody's got to come out of the South. Oof. Is it going to be the Falcons? Is it going to be the Saints? I don't think it's going to be the Panthers. No, they're one and eight too. Maybe the Buccaneers if they get Baker Mayfield healthy, but who knows? But someone has to come out of that division. That's another spot. That means there's one available spot. Do I think the Packers are are up for that task? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, they're not great, Bob. And if they did make it, 
Are you happy that they somehow made it as like the seven seed? People are already talking about tanking so they get a better draft. Yeah. Do you do you think that they're going to compete? I get the any given Sunday and yeah, the Packers were a six seed the last time they won a Super Bowl. But doesn't that team feel a they little score. bit differently and a lot more talented? You know that team could score points. No. Packers, the Packers over under for the first quarter against the Steelers is what, Rowdy? Two and a half points? I'm just sitting here looking. Packers can't score. If they did get in as a seven and they, they, they won a few games here and they went eight and nine or nine and eight and they squeaked in as that last seed. There's no way. What are they going to do? Against the Eagles or the, the 49ers. The Chief. Or, yeah, or yeah, I was looking at remaining schedule, too. But, yeah, they, they're not going to do anything against them. They'll be lucky to score up three points. And even the Dallas Cowboys defense. Because think about how do you stop Dallas? To stop Dallas, I feel like you got to stop the run. you got to make Dak yeah, make Prescott Dak be the man. Yeah. Sometimes he can be. Sometimes he isn't. But the Packers really haven't stopped the run. And I know that some people would say, well, they stopped the run the other week. Okay, well... The Dallas Cowboys are actually pretty good at running the football. Mm -hmm. I would still take them to be able to run. Makes it easier for Dak. And that's not even talking about, I don't know, a guy named Micah or a guy named, uh, oh, my God, who is it? For who? For the Cowboys edge rusher. Micah Parsons. Parsons. Couldn't think of his last name. He's pretty good. Micah Parsons. What's he going to do to this offensive line? Tear it up. What's the rest of their D line going to do with, like, Lawrence on it? (laughs) And then, oh, yeah, by the way, they're top five against the pass, too. So when an errant deep ball gets thrown off a little bit or Christian Watson doesn't want to go get it, it's going to be picked. Also, look, at you have to win games in order to get into the playoffs. We're all chalking up possibly a real ugly game coming up here on Sunday. Packers haven't won since 1970 in Pittsburgh. Now it's, what, a sample size of five, but still, it's the Steelers. Then you got the Chargers. You think the Packers are beating the Chargers? Chargers are playing better football as of now. They have a bad spot against the Lions this week. Would I be surprised if the Lions win? No. But the Chargers played. They were like the Vikings early in the season, shooting themselves in the foot, couldn't find a way to win games that they were in. And now they're starting to yeah. you know, turn the ship around. They're playing, you know, what are they, roughly 500 football yeah. team? You think the, the Packers are going to the Ford Field and beating the Lions after the Chargers game? No. You, you think the Packers? That's on Thanksgiving, too, by the way. Yeah. You think the Packers are beating the Chiefs at Lambeau no. December 3rd no. with Taylor Swift maybe in attendance? I think we might get a repeat uh, performance from the Green Bay Packers offense that night, the same performance that. Jordan Love had against uh, the Chiefs in his first career start. Or didn't they score seven points? Yeah. So right now, realistically, we're talking about four losses in a row. Then you then you go to New I York to take on the Giants. I do think Pittsburgh is a winnable game because of how bad Pittsburgh's offense is. But I don't think they win. I, yeah. I still think Pittsburgh finds a way to win. Better coaching. Tougher team. We talked about that with Rob Reichel. I mean, things can happen in the NFL. I get that. But realistically, we're possibly talking about four losses in a row here. Then you go to New York, take the Giants. That could be a win. That could be a definite win. Then you got the Buccaneers at home. That could be a win. Then you take the Panthers. Yep. That's a win. That's a win. So then others three potential wins. What are the Vikings? Then you got the Vikings and the Bears. Once the the Dobbs, the Bobby Dobbs magic wears off. That could be a win. Bears, obviously, at the end of the season could be a win. So let's just say all those could be wins are wins moving forward. That's what, if you beat the Steelers one, two, three, four, five, six more wins, that gets you to nine and eight. Yeah. You're, you might squeak in as that last six, seven spot. Maybe, 
But then let's say that you don't beat the Steelers, you don't beat the Buccaneers, and you beat the Giants, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Well, that's not getting you in. No. And that's not that's too good to the point where you're not a top five draft pick anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're in that no man's land. Yeah, right you're there. sitting there with what? Seven wins, you're seven and ten. And then you gotta look down at the Bears who have like five wins. You have the Cardinals that are out there. Uh I mean you can go right on down the list. The Patriots are pretty bad. What do the commanders do from here on out? The mm-hmm. Giants are still gonna be crappy. Panthers. Cardinals, I know I said that. Rams. We're in this gray Raiders. area. We're in this gray area right now of like the what ifs, right? What we do know though is the Packers don't look good. That's that's a fact. If they win seven games, they I'm just looking at the teams right here. New England's probably worse than them. Tennessee could be worse than them. The Raiders. And then in the NFC, Giants, Commanders, Bears. Potentially Vikings, Panthers, Cardinals, Ram- they could be picking eleventh yeah. if they if they win seven games. Yeah. Then how do you feel? Would you rather have the fifth pick or the eleventh pick? You want the fifth? Also, do you want to watch a bunch of losing Packers football? Yeah, still? that's the other. That's the conundrum. And to those, here. To those players, they're not going to go out there and just lay down like that. They got bonuses. They got things they want to hit, so they get money. Like they're professionals. They got pride. Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but they do. <laughs> yeah, you're in a conundrum because it feels like the Packers are starting to get in that territory where it's like, well, we want to see Jordan Love play well or, or fail because we need to know what he is. We want to see some of these younger wide receivers or skilled players take their steps and, and show that they're truly going to be a player in the league. But then at the same time, it's like, well, that means they're probably going to win a few extra games. And instead of picking fifth, they're going to pick 11. Yeah, here's the vibe on the Twitch chat right now. Um, bad, the Sharp Chatter says, I don't want to win seven. Five wins is enough, please. True advisor, I don't want the Packers to be seven and ten. Please finish five and 12. The Badger Trio, I want the Packers to lose. We're not going to the playoffs, so why win? Well, that's the other like, thing. It's <laughs> like if you win the games oh, that you have a, a shot at winning, what do we say? Nine and eight would be the high water mark if they won every close game that they could potentially be in, yeah. which that's not very realistic unless you're the Vikings of last year. That's still nine and eight and getting trounced in the first round. Then you're sitting there with like the 17th pick and you're like, Oh, this, this is a trying season. This is, this is uncharted territory, uncharted waters for us here. But I have a feeling they're going to, they're going to figure out a way to end up winning like six, seven games. And we're going to, we're going (laughs) to just be outside of like that top five, top 10. And we're going to be sitting here going, why the hell? (laughs) Did Matthew Stafford have to be out against the Rams? Or <laughs> why, why the hell did Kenny Pickett have to fumble the football and, and they have a scoop and score to win the game at the end? Well, also, think, keep in mind injuries. Jair Alexander might not play Sunday. He's banged up. He's not going to get healthier as the season goes on. Aaron Jones could get a little bite on his hamstring again. There goes your best player. You know, you see injuries. I mean, it happens every game. So, I mean, they potentially have the ability to get worse. Uh, let's go to the phones. Line one, good morning. Who do we got? Ebo Nelly, it's Gavin. What's oh, Gav, what's up, brother? Not much, man. It's kind of depressing looking at mock drafts in <laughs> November, fellas. Isn't it though? It's like, geez. I love I love what you guys are talking about right now. You guys are hitting on a bunch of stuff I was going to talk about. I think we're going to know more about the Packers in the next four weeks. I'd be surprised, guys, if they don't lose the next four. 
but it's a weird schedule because the end of that schedule, they played just a bunch of garbage teams the last four or five weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, to your point, I, I could see the Packers, Nelly, winning just enough games to not get in that top five. I kind of don't trust Gutekunst to pick the right guy anyway, so I'm not sure it'll really matter. We don't trust LaFleur? Um, we don't trust Gutekunst? What's going on here? Pets' heads are falling off. Yeah, and, and I heard you read that one blurb, Nelly, uh, about the Packers, and I know a bunch of people are writing about it, the defense. Um, let's put it in context. Can you give me a list of the quarterbacks that the Packers have faced this year? Well, if you go I know right. the, one, the one decent quarterback they faced – Decent quarterback, Jared Goff. They just got railroaded in that game. Yeah, yeah. if you go right um, on down the list, Fields, obviously, game one, still TBD, but it's trending towards maybe not the guy. Desmond Ritter just got benched. Carr's having a down year. You're, you named Goff. Well, Nelly, Carr, but Carr got hurt. That's the reason why the Packers even came yeah. back and won that game. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for the Raiders, what? It was uh, Jimmy G who got benched. For the Broncos, it's Russell Wilson, who's actually having a decent year. But then the Vikings, yep. it's Kirk Cousins and then injury. Yeah, that and was the majority of the game of Kirk. Brett Rippin, a third stringer for the Rams, who, if Stetson Ben didn't have to step away, wouldn't even be playing. And then here's a guy coming up, Kenny Pickett, Justin Herbert, yeah. Jared Goff, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Tommy DeVito? Yeah, yeah and Kenny Pickett's... He's he's bad, but guys, I, how do the Packers get to twenty points? Uh, the last two games, Pittsburgh <laughs> played at home. They held the Ravens to ten points, and then they beat the the Titans. Scored six. Dude, TJ Watt is going to be giving Packer fans just fits. They're going to be like, we could have drafted this guy as he puts Jordan Love on his ass like every well, other play. Gavin, when you look at the Steelers, the defense, when you look at the full season stats. It doesn't look good. It looks like you can run on this team. It looks like you'll be able to pass on this team, but that doesn't. Cameron Hayward, Minka, they're getting guys back, Nelly. Ex- exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like those are the full season stats, the accumulative. That doesn't take into effect TJ Watt's pass rush. And like you said, Hayward came back last week. Fitzpatrick will be back this week. Those are their three best players. Yeah, and they, they play. They're, they're one of those teams that play much better at home. I. I don't see. I just don't see how the Packers score twenty points unless they create some turnovers on defense and have short fields, guys. I'm calling it now. T.J. Watt has a hell of a game, and Kevin King on Twitter because he tweets a lot during Packer games reminds fans that they drafted him over T.J. Watt, and also packages yeah, up with Vince Beagle. Him and Brian Bostic just fire both of them into the sun. I don't want to hear either one of them on Twitter <laughs> ever again, Evo. Hey, just block them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, Watt's going to have a big game, Ebo, because the Packers, I think the biggest thing this year, guys, has been the offensive line, right? Like everybody was going in thinking it was going to be a strength, and obviously the Bakhtiari thing's been huge, but they can't run block. You know, the pass blocking is okay, but they didn't have a plan behind Bakhtiari, and they can't run block. Um, Watt's going to have a big game on Sunday, guys. Gavin, do you think the fact that we're seeing now this offensive line that for the most part was assembled when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback – I understand the the line of thinking is, hey, we want really good pass blocking offensive lines because we have Aaron Rodgers. Well, now with this turnover and we know Matt LaFleur loves to run the football and try and be even, even, uh, or I shouldn't say even, even balanced between the run and the pass. Well, now with Jordan Love, it's got to be even more balanced because he's not Aaron Rodgers, but then you're still stuck with the offensive line that's good at pass blocking. 100% 100% Nelly. Sean Ryan should <clears throat> should be starting that game. He was probably the best uh, run blocker last week. The problem is Josh Myers is one of the wo- worst run blockers in the NFL. He's decent in the past, but run blocking, he is just awful. 
and the Packers can't run any A or B gaps at all. Um, so I 100% agree with you, Nelly. <clears throat> Guys, I wanted to hit on one more thing real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys were talking about the Packers receivers. I actually think Jaden Reed right now is their best receiver. Um, on his catches, he's creating more separation yards than any other guy on the team. And I think he has the strongest hands. Guys, I've, Christian Watson, I've never seen a guy his size. Like, he never fights for the ball. Every deep, And I'm not saying Jordan Love has been accurate on those deep passes, but he's always, like, falling back. He's never attacking the ball. So yeah, he um, just wants the the flag. So he just Gavin, wants the penalty. My question to you is: it, so if your opinion is Jaden Reed is the best wide receiver, remember back in the day when we were like, man, it's Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys that on any other given roster is like the five, six, seventh receiver, but they have to be the two, three, four, five. Doesn't it feel like right now with Watson not taking a step, Dobbs just being kind of what he is, solid, and some of these young guys in Wicks and Reed that. Even if they reached like the ceiling, none of those guys feel like number ones, like a Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. They feel like they can be nice twos and threes. And that goes back to you saying about Gutekunst. I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't trust him. I mean, Marvin Harrison would be the guy for in the top, would be obviously the clear cut number one. But the Packers, and Ebo, you said this when I called last time, they'll never take a wide receiver in the first round. So people can just stop mocking Marvin Harrison to the Packers now. Yes, yeah, no, uh, they already mocked draft a uh, sexy offensive lineman. So. Yeah, probably. And and but Nelly, to your point, I think Musgrave is the best tight end they've had in in forever. I mean, since Jermichael Finley. So I think that's kind of the X factor is you can have a guy that can separate at the tight end. So that helps. I think they're fine with weapons, Nelly. The the offensive line is, you know, that's a big problem this year. But boys, uh, have a good one. Sorry to keep you forever. You're all good, guys. Um, yeah, have a good have a good weekend, guys, and uh, man, uh, go pack. Even though I'm, I'm not feeling confident. About this game. <laughs> See you, Kevin. We love you, man. See you. Hey, and this goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment of the show, I believe, when we were talking about Thursday night football. Ebo, I don't think you should say that it's a some big sexy lineman like it's like a diss. Linemen no. are now being the sexiest man alive. I know, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> we are in a new age. We are. Is that what I think it is? Did you just ice me? I did. I just got iced. What? How, how, what year is it, Kayla? I just got it today. What is going on here? I'm icing you. you get, 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 get the, and now they're filming it. <laughs> you? Yeah, I just got iced. What is this? 2012? I just got iced. Um, it's my way of saying thank you for helping me. Yesterday. I've never been thanked by getting iced before. Usually, this is a punishment. It's Friday. It is. I guess I'll have to chug this during the break or something. You have to chug it right now. That's the rule. All right, all right hang on a second. Line two. Who's this? Guys, hey, Vegamon Johnny. I'm, I'm crunching the numbers, and after hearing the calls, after hearing this whole week, I think we should package the Brewers and the Packers and just ship them to Memphis, baby. There's no hope. We don't trust the GM. We don't trust the coaches. We hate all of our players. Let's just – we want them to lose on purpose. Let's just pack it up and sell the team, right? Johnny, if we're packaging up the Packers and the Brewers and sending them to Memphis, do we at least get John Morant back in the deal so we can really bring all the big guns to Milwaukee? Oh, man. Roddy, that was pretty good. Not going to lie. That was one of your best right there. I just got iced, Johnny. I just chugged the smear off ice. I just got iced. How are you doing? It's 2012 all over again, dude. Might have to run that back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, oh, gross. You burping on air. I love it. <laughs> I just got iced. You've, when's the last time you've been iced? 
uh, at a wedding like last year. It, it's there's uh, you know because of social media because of TikTok, icing has come back a little bit. That was apparently a thank you gift from a sales from one of the sales ladies. That was a thank you gift. I don't know how that's a thank well, you. Oh, hey, speaking of sales, real quick, <laughs> all this talk about losing on perfect or losing on purpose purpose uh, is is BS. You guys are losers right now. If I, we, I'm not saying that. Four. I'm just saying that I'm relaying the message. I know. I'm coming at all the callers, and I know we don't like listener-on-listener violence. I no, forgot who no, no, no. complaining about that. Hang on a second here. I don't know what show you've been listening to. We love listener-on-listener violence here. There was that afternoon show. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. The NBA show. Uh, it's called uh, Safe and Sound. Oh. Safe and Sound with Grant Bills. <laughs> but, you know, it's quarter four, right? I'm on a sales team. We got a huge quota. We only got five weeks left in the quarter. If we pack it up and lose, guess what, boys? The quotas might go down next week because we can't lose y'all. We want y'all to have some success. So if you just suck the rest of this year, your quotas go down and you can you can have a better next year. How about that? No, that is loser talk. You would never no, want yeah. a culture in any organization where you're telling your people to actively lose, particularly when your defense has like eight guys contributing that are drafted in the sixth round or later. These guys' careers are going to last three, four years maximum. And you, there are people out there saying, oh, why don't you just pack it up? You know, we understand that you're fighting for your life to get that second contract. You're making like maybe three, four, five hundred grand a year after taxes. And you're fighting for that life-changing money that could happen in your second contract. But you know what? We want the chance to draft six spots higher. So why don't you mortgage your future and just lay down? What a bunch of loser callers today. Real quick on the Milwaukee Brewers. Right here. This is from CBS Sports. Question. It's one major question for each team in in Major League Baseball. What do you think their question is for the Brewers? Probably not what do you think it is. Where do they go from here? The question is, will their ace be traded? I (laughs) I don't get why. Does anybody that follows the Brewers or has followed the Brewers really think that they're going to dole out a no. five-year, 150-plus million-dollar contract no, to Corbin Burns? Why is that the... Should it be... Here's the question. Who the hell is going to be their manager? That's the biggest question. It is more likely that the Milwaukee Brewers trade Christian Yelich in that contract than give Corbin Burns a big contract. Will Mark Anazio sell the team? Will Mark Anazio move the team? It is more likely that Freddie Peralta is dealt than Corbin Burns is extended. Yeah. Corbin Burns is not going to be a Milwaukee Brewer. And if he is, okay, let's say Corbin Burns, they re-up on him. They give him the money. Then what do you say? Why didn't you? I mean, Craig Council got a lot. He was going to be the highest paid manager with the Brewers contract. The Cubs are just like, here's a way boatload of more money. Here, now that Craig Council's headed down I-94 to the north side of Chicago, will the Brewers take this opportunity to shift gears? If so, a trade of their walk, a trade of their ace Corbin Burns, may be on the docket. Such a blockbuster would uh, partly redefine the pitching market this offseason and likely put an end to the Brewers' run of contention. Do you know how much the Brewers could get for Corbin Burns with one year of control and then if they got like an assurance that Corbin Burns would ink up a deal long term? Like I could see Corbin Burns saying, yes, I would love to go to the Dodgers and I would sign long term. Yes, I would love to go to the Padres and sign long term or the Chicago Cubs or the New York Yankees. Like some big market 
And if you're specifically looking for a location because he is a California guy and loves the warm weather, some big market out West. That makes a ton of sense. And if you've studied the starting pitching markets lately, the last couple of off seasons, they're going for crazy amounts of, of money compared to what they were just three years ago. That's why a guy like Wade Miley turned down his option for $10 million. Cause honestly, for one particular season, Wade Miley's probably going to command 15 to 20 million, which is insane, but that's the market. So clearly if you get an assurance that, yeah, I'll sign long-term and that extra year of control that in reality is cheap, you can fetch a ton for Corbin Burns. And then when you look at Willie Adamas, who's a guy that, He's also in the last year of his deal. He's a guy that they never talked to about an extension. The shortstop market is horrible. You know who the best shortstop on the market is? Tim Anderson. Oh, Tim Anderson Tim was An- good like three years ago. Tim Anderson. He was, he's been horrible the last couple of years. He's the best shortstop on the market. He doesn't so like baseball. So uh, his words, supply and demand, small supply, huge demand. Clearly you can get a lot for Adamus and you know what else isn't out on the market? Right-handed hitters with pop. Well, Willie Adamus is a right-handed shortstop and he's got some pop. He'll hit you 20, 25 home runs a year. That's going to be in big time demand. And there's not a lot of supply. Just those two guys are going to fetch you more this year than if we were in the same situation three years ago. So there's no way that I see those guys being held onto. There's just not. Question. Will their ace be traded to CB Sports? Yes. Yes, he will. Well, some people would say, no, I don't think he will be. He's injured next year. <laughs> Woody. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a shout out to J.A. Krebs. Hey, Krebs. His true ace, his real ace. I'm glad Grant's here for this one. Rowdy said he had a little mini rant. Baseball. Oh, good. Rowdy, what happened last night? William Contreras became the first ever Milwaukee Brewer catcher to win the Silver Slugger. Mm-hmm. Even when Jonathan Lucroy about a decade ago was having his huge season, he did not accomplish this. And that's the most recent big time hitting catcher that they've had. So for a mini rant, this has to be a mini rant, though. And it is. Now, William Contreras was not an all star. Correct. William Contreras 100% deserved the Silver Slugger. He was the best hitting catcher in the NL. Uh No doubt about that. But he also, at the point of the All-Star game when voting started, wasn't the All-Star catcher. And I know I would have said I probably would have penciled him in as probably the third best catcher. So he's probably just on the fringe, just outside. You're saying his season was defined by the second half of the year. Exactly. The the last, if it's 162 games, his last... 90 games were phenomenal. That was the catcher we thought that we would be getting. That was the hitter that we saw in Atlanta. But here's my thing. A, I freaking hate all-star voting because fans are idiots. Okay. Well, fan is short for fanatic. If you're just like a big Yankee fan in a big market, that's all they vote for. That's when we saw like, now it's not a big market, but when all the Royals and Mike Trout were in there, Mm -hmm. it's stupid. They weren't that good. Not all those players were that good. JT Riomuto got an odd for a gold glove over Contreras. And that's what I'm saying. It's like certain things like that. Clearly, they're not specifically looking at the category of a gold glove is defensively, right? Yes. They still take into account hitting, which is stupid. My other thing. I understand why they have the all-star game in the middle of the season, Uh mid-season classic. Uh You got to break up the season, a little bit of a break. You know, it's the downtime in sports. But basing an all-star 
on 80 games, he was clearly the best catcher in the NL by 162 games. Well, so he'll probably carry that clout with him into next year. That's you how look that works. back on history, William Contreras had a nice season. He wasn't an all-star, blah, blah, blah. Dude's an all-star. This is what you're upset His about? His full year, he's an all-star. He was one of the best catchers. Why it's about dumb. a lot of things a lot of times. That's why it's, fan voting's dumb. Being in the middle of the season is kind of dumb, but I get why they so was do it. Was a mini rant on fan voting for all-stars? Yeah. And that it's, <laughs> I, I, did get not, why I did it's, not know that I was going to go that direction. I get why it's in the middle of the season, but the all-star game, if you're going to hand out awards like MVP, most improved, like rookie of the, of the year, year, you do it Correct. at the end of the year because you get a full season. Well, that's why the shout out to the NBA. The all-star breaks a little bit later. Not <laughs> that, not that. Like, no, no, Yao Ming was once voted an NBA all-star. He was good. No, no. When he was, he was hurt the entire season. It just happened that the entire nation of China voted him in. Well, I'm saying, if we're to, well, there's a lot of po- votes. There's a lot of power. Well, in, in a lot that. of people there. So, yeah, there's a lot of people in China. Do you see what the Chinese president said yesterday? I did not. Or, well, whatever. They, I saw it on the news at the gym. I saw the quote, stay home and have babies. I'm gonna, I'll am i look that up over the break. I swear I swear to God I saw that yesterday. Oh, interesting. Probably to, to boost all-star voting. <laughs> 